This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. I do want to welcome you to New Church Live. So great to have so many people here. Just, just wonderful and a, just thank you. It's great to have all of you here today. And so what I want to talk about, I want to start out talking about this Church of Mercy. Like when we start to look at the series itself, we're looking at these three questions. What does it look like? This week, we're looking at, how, I'm going to have you say the T word there, how do we get, how do we get there? Like, okay, so I get there's this church of mercy thing, and that it's, it's, it's a value, and then there's a difference between growing a church and actually being the church, and, and okay, but how do we actually do that? And then next week, we're going to look at why does it actually matter? So in this week, in looking how do we get there, I'm going to tell you a story. And kids, I'm going to tell you this story ends up really good. This is really good. The guy's totally fine, but he had something that was a little bit scary happen. He was going, and he was stepping onto a commuter train, and this happened to him. His leg went in between. Now, it didn't break a leg or anything. You're going to see he's going to end up being totally fine, right? But I want you to look at what people did. You know, we have to ask, what would you do? What would I do? Well, this is what people did when they saw this guy get his foot stuck. So this is what they did. And there's not noise, so I'm sort of going to narrate here. So he comes up, there he goes, he slips in there, and the guy's like, okay, stop the train. So we're stop the train, so everything's good. People come over, there's the supervisor, yep, you're stuck. Other people later confirm, yep, definitely stuck. And people just kind of like, there's all these commuters, they're waiting around, they're waiting around. What are you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What should we, oh, I know, maybe push. One guy, two, two people, three people. That won't work. So you get a few more people and they start like, oh, maybe we'll just all start pushing. And other people, notice, how, notice kids, nobody's saying anything. They're just starting to push, right? And then you're gonna see Superman come in here. He thinks he's gonna change the whole situation here in just a minute. He's the guy who I think I would be here. Like, here he is, he's gonna come in. Yeah, I'll push, that'll make all the, ah, but no, no, I guess you didn't need my help. But they come in, they push again, and they push again, and they push, 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 as hard as you can. Oh, yes, give him a round of applause, folks. And he makes it out, out of there. The train goes on. That to me is what a church of mercy is all about. Did you notice, how long did it take those people to organize? Did it take them real long? No. Who was giving directions? Nobody. Or you could say, (laughs) yeah. You'd say like Christ was there, God was there in that moment actually, actually orchestrating that. And we all have that in our own heart, is what I think. We all do have a church of mercy within because we have a heart of mercy. A heart that understands this beautiful piece of new church theology. Salvation requires, I'm going to have you say the C word there. Salvation requires a caring life in which faith participates. A caring life, a caring life. Notice, folks, like people aren't standing by, you know, similar to what Father Michael said last week, they're not standing by looking like, oh, I really feel bad for you. You know, they're actually doing something about this, something that's, that's pretty amazing. That's where we want churches to be. 
There's, there's a piece of new church theology, among the many pieces I love, which is that charity unites and doctrine divides. In other words, when we all collect around, around really helping people, the different perspectives, different religious views, they don't matter quite as much. And I know that in every church audience, there's somebody in there who they want to make sure the church looks just this way or just this way. And maybe what church looks like is saying, okay, we have both ways. Maybe there's a third way, a third way. So I want to set the context for that for you for a little bit. I want to talk about two possible views. Like if you look at church as kind of two different hallways back and forth, and I can choose, I can choose to go down the left or I can choose to go down the right. Now I'm telling you that's a false choice, just so you know, so don't get all caught up in that, but we'll just play that game for a minute here. I can choose to start out, we'll go from left to right. I can choose to go down the left wing, the left wing of church. And the left wing of church has really good things. It's all about love, but it also has some limitations. Take a look at these limitations. A purely subjective faith whose only interest is a certain experience to console and enlighten, but which ultimately keeps us imprisoned by our own thoughts and feelings. So I'm going to step over here for a second. What that is, is that's kind of down the left wing. It's kind of like church as vending machine, right? So I can, I can go into church and I can kind of pick what I like, all right? Everybody at the count of three, shout out which one of these three you would pick. Ready? One, two, three. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. You ready? All right, boom. Excellent catch. Give him a round of applause. All right, so... So that would have been really bad if he hadn't caught it. I shouldn't have done that. You're a good athlete. I'm glad I threw it to you. The, uh, so, so, you know, like, and it's, but, but the problem here, folks, is that there's no, like, I'm not going up to a, to a vending machine and thinking, oh, God told me to sacrifice. There's nothing sacrificial about this. It's okay. It's great. It feels nice. It's, 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 it's subjective, but it, but it leaves me kind of trapped in my own headspace. There's nothing about a vending machine that changes my point of view. That makes sense? Nothing. Just say, pick what I want. Then we can go down the other wing, the right wing here, that other side, down at the lady, we we take that, and this is the challenge with that right wing. A supposed doctrinal correctness that leads to a narcissistic and authoritarian elitism. In other words, that belief that, look, I have the truth and you don't. Whereby instead of evangelizing one, analyzes and others and exhausts energy. And boy, this is so exhausting. (laughs) And exhausts energy in and, oh, the budget and audit committee. Oh, self-appointed, of course. Painful place to be. Painful place to be. Uh, you know, and, and faith can be that thing too. Now, faith there, if I step over here, faith is like a security camera or binoculars. That my job is to sort of record you and to make sure you're doing it right, and not in like a creepy stocking way, or to, to look at binoculars, you know, to really closely examine every single thing you're doing. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold it up to judgment. Slight problem. Christ says, thou shalt not judge, but we're not going there. You know, pulls it way up to this judgment. It's harsh stuff. It's harsh stuff. 
A lot of people, folks, are, have such an allergic reaction to this that they go over to this because this costs you nothing. And what I want to say is, ah, let's, let's find something different. I, I don't, this is, this is just the way it is, but, but maybe we can search for something different. Because this is the way I think we actually do life. Now, I'm going to speak for myself. And, and again, may fit, you may not. I think what happens is this. As far as I'm concerned, I want to have a faith that's a vending machine, but when I look at you, you need a security camera. How many of us is that true for? Right? There's got to be a third way. There's got to be a different train. There's got to be something we can do that actually looks very, very different. As the band comes out, I want you to think about what that third way is. And we have to understand that it's based on this problem. It's based on the problem when we confuse, say the two words, when we confuse with the, we, when we confuse those two. And we confuse those two all the time when we're constantly asking this question. What's in it for me? Let's talk about moving beyond that. A church of mercy does. Let's talk about what that might actually look like. Brueggemann used this line, which I love. He was talking about Christianity. Listen to these words. These are beautiful. Inexplicable. Christianity carries with it. The inexplicable ability to be transformative in any circumstance. The inexplicable, I could not say that 10 times fast, ability to be transformative in any circumstance. It's a beautiful piece where when we can start to, 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 to move towards, to, towards, a, towards the truer forms of more merciful Christianity, that, that it just can be so incredibly transformative in ways that I, that I just constantly struggle with, with how the heck do you, do you, ever, do you ever articulate it? It can be, it can be you know, transformative. For those of you sitting here who are just going through immense pain, like your life is falling apart right now, this can be transformative. For those of you who your lives on the outside are looking totally with it, but you're feeling a big emptiness on the inside, a big voice, void, this can be totally transformative. Church can be. And that transformation is more than just private salvation. I say that a lot, and I think it's so important. Private salvation is what is known as an oxymoron. Can we say oxymoron together? Oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. Does anybody know a good, good, uh, good oxymoron? How about jumbo shrimp? Yeah, exactly. It's where you go, what? Jumbo shrimp, that makes no sense. Well, either does private salvation. It makes no sense to me. You know, where we can kind of go and do our thing, and it's, but it's just our individual thing. All that is, is is American culture, which has beautiful things to it, beautiful things to it. But all that is is individualism of American culture, and then all we do is we, we use the word Jesus a few times and Christ and God, and, and then where we got American religion. It's not really it. We're talking about something deeper, something that a community, a community can choose to do more so than maybe an individual can, can choose to do.
Kind of get your head spinning that way. A riff on that. We've talked about this before, but I want to really drive this home. My personal spiritual journey, you know, has always been in this denomination. My understanding of things has grown and changed, thankfully, and thank you, God, for that. And I know for me, for a long time, there's this famous passage in New Church Theology that says, influx is according to the state of this receiving vessel. In other words, whatever shape the container is, that's what God's able to fill. And so I kind of viewed it as like, well, my job is to create my own little private container and to just hold that. Like, here's just my little thing of Christ. Mine and only mine. And what it was, it was something that I possessed. Not something that I shared. And certainly not something that changed my life. I fell in love, not with God. Listen carefully here. This is for me, not for you. I fell in love with my explanations of God versus falling in love with God and other people. There's a big difference there. What I see now is, yeah, you know, it is according to the state of the receiving vessel. But that vessel's different than what I had ever imagined. That vessel is about what we allow to travel through our lives. That's the third way. It's not about, well, is the right wing right or is the left wing right? Because sometimes I'm on the right wing, sometimes I'm on the left wing. You know, it's kind of like a whole different conversation. It's a conversation about putting yourself in the place where you shape your life in a way where that stuff can flow. Pat, do I have permission to talk about you behind your back? Thank you. So this is what Pat's experience is going to be. He thinks he knows what's going to happen over the, next, over the next month. He has no clue. Sorry, Pat. Because it's going to be so much better than he ever could have imagined. Yeah, there'll be that embarrassing glitch, the video not quite working because Pastor Chuck forgot to tell the tech guys and all that stuff. It'll be all that. It's going to be so much better. He's going to find somebody on that boat ride of 25 people who's going to change his life. He doesn't even know it yet. Maybe his parents will tell him before. See, that's, that's what I know. Because we put ourselves in the place of that flow where we are working at being the church and the music starts to happen and things that are miraculous happen again and again and again and again. Things that bring incredible awe. Inexplicable. That's no different than the Christianity of old. Christianity founded thousands of years ago, right after Christ died. It was the exact same experience. I want to read for you a short number from the book of Acts. And this is where the the original Christians were, were talking about, like, yeah, what was their community like? In other words, what was their church like? What was their church like? And here's the passage here. They devoted, and these are those churchgoers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, in other words, the 12 disciples, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, eating, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, great word, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. And that may sound, again, like this is ancient language. Well, let's put it in our language. Let's go through these words. They were committing to one another. They were learning. That's why they came to church, so they could learn new stuff. And so that, frankly, so that pastors learn new stuff too. They were connecting with each other. This is my favorite. Can we say those two words? Eating together, they were praying. Ah, oh, they were filling with wonder, like, oh wow, this is this is really neat what's going on here. Next slide. They were sharing generously. In other words, money and all those things. It was just it was just how they shared. They shared that stuff. Giving, this is a fun one too. Meeting together in the temple courts. Well, they were simply hanging out. They were thanking, worshiping, enjoying, and growing. Now let's take a look at all those words together. Do I have permission to take a risk? This congregation always says yes. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab the microphone. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to hand it to someone. And your job is to tremble as you see me approaching you. And then you just say the first word committing. And then you get to pick who says the second word. Does that make sense? We're going to say 13 words here. And I want to do this because I want you to really hear these words and I want you to hear them from you because you are the people who are doing this, all right? So let me see out here. Jeremy Finkelday volunteered to be our first one. Committing. Learning. Connecting. Eating together. Praying. Filling with wonder. Sharing generously. Giving. Hanging out. Thanking. Worshiping. Enjoying, growing. Give yourselves a round of applause, folks. I simply love those lines and hearing your your voices doing that. I mean, that's beautiful stuff. Like, look at that. And you can see where it kind of has some of the right and some of the left there. There's pieces of sacrifice, there's pieces of learning, there's pieces of commitment, and it's all within this beautiful, wonderful context about growing, 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 growing. The piece I'd ask you folks to think about with this, as these things start to happen, the end of the passage said, and God added to their numbers daily, those who were being saved. Now, I, I always get a little nervous when somebody says the word saved to me because I'm thinking, don't try to save me. Please don't try to, too many people trying to do that. Don't do that. 
bad juju. Don't do that. You know, the, 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 what we need to get is we need to get something better than that, like where we're, where we're trying to save people, and that's not what's really being said here. What's being said is that if we, if we, if we start to create this, we start to live into this church of mercy, what we're saving people from is a life without purpose. See that first one? What we're saving people from is a life of ignorance. See that second one? What we're saving people from is, 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 is a life of loneliness. You see the third one connecting? That's what the salvation looks like. And, and that's how we start to add people. This is really important. I would, if you're taking notes on your phone, this is one I would definitely write down. I, I'm really uncomfortable with the language that, that, that I'm here to save you or you're here to save the person beside you or the first time attendee you brought. Please don't do that. But I think what we can do is this. I think we can say salvation is a community effort. I want to say that again. Saving people with community. Can we say that together? Saving people with community. That's why they established churches. Saving people with community. And it's not like, it's, it's not a saving people with community where I now, again, I've gone back to being a security camera and I've pulled myself up there and I'm, I'm looking down. It's, it, it's now when I, when I see somebody who's struggling maybe more than I am at that moment, it's not that I see myself superior, it's that I look down and I see myself. Do you hear that? I look down and I see myself. I see the places I've been, the struggles I've had. And I don't sit there with scornful judgment. I put my hands on the train and I push. Because I want you to be free. I want you to know what that's like. Because it's inexplicable. It's beautiful. I think it's what Christ calls us to be. Do you want to see a picture of it? Yes. Thank you. Bob Plefka, can you hop up here on stage real quick? Totally put you on the spot. Can you do it? Give Bob a round of applause. He, does, he did not know this was coming. Bob, tell people what they're looking at there. Uh, this is a trip uh, organized through this community, uh, us, we, um, going down to Philadelphia and uh, eating pizza at a place called Roses, if I remember yep. correctly, where it was set up by a graduate of... Um, local graduate and set up the pizza that you go in, you pay a dollar for your pizza, and then you um, pay another dollar for someone to come in, grab a note off of here, and a homeless person gets a piece of pizza. Great, thank you. Thanks. You see all those, see Bob mentioned the notes, you see all the notes in the back? That's extra pizza for homeless people. Look, look at that picture, and then can we, in the booth, can we go back to the little shoot there? Do you see committing, learning, connecting, eating together, praying, filling with wonder, sharing generously, giving, hanging out, thanking, worshiping, enjoying, growing? Do we see that? Yep. yep. You see that in spades with, some, with a beautiful picture like that. 
that's, that's folks, what, what, I, what I think a Church of Mercy is trying to create, is, is trying to do. And I had a wonderful conversation with a dear friend, you know, and, and he, was, he was telling me, like, yeah, you know what, it's really about, like, how do we continue to cast that vision for church? And this has got to be part of it. And this has to echo out, folks, yes, in terms of how we, 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 we do this corporately out there into those worlds and how we do it in the congregation. You know, can we create kids programs where families feel that right away? The second they walk in, they feel all those words. They may not even know it. It may just be this sense of like something, the air is different in that building. Inexplicable. They might use that word. Can they feel that in a small group that's meeting and connecting with each other? Can they feel that at a community service piece? Can they feel that when they come in here on Sunday into our main worship venue? See, that's the beautiful thing, folks, that we are trying to do in our own humble way and, 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 and that I think all of us are trying to do. And it really is a beautiful thing because it's, it, it's I want to come back to, it's not about trying to save somebody. It's trying to, how do we create a community that does that? Because community will help so much. It will help to sort of get us on track when we're off base. It will help with that support. It will help move beyond just rightness because we start to see that there's all these different perspectives and we start to welcome them and we start to really understand that charity unites. Mercy unites. Those third way pieces that are, that are, this our world just so desperately, desperately needs. Now, I want to close the service a little bit differently. I want to close with this question. Your next call, and please say the B word there, your next call to be the church may come with hearing someone tell you, I just, and then complete the sentence. I, I think God is constantly calling us to this. He's constantly calling us to a church of mercy. I'm going to put my dollar down that this week someone's going to start out a sentence and they're going to say, I just. And when you hear that, I want you to think, okay, Chuck said this is my opportunity to be the church. That this is actually God putting it out there for me, this opportunity. So what I'd like you to do is to share with a friend how you would answer that or text into me how you would answer that and then I'm going to read them just so we can start to hear what the things are we should be listening for this week. Completing the sentence, I just, your next call to be the church may come with hearing someone else tell you, I just, please complete really the sentence. Good. I, I hope you folks, you know, do, do some full body listening here. We're really listening because the funny part is like, this is how God works. Some of you will literally hear these things this, this week, which is beautiful. Uh, I just want some balance in my life. Mary from Chicago. I just feel so alone. I can't handle what's, I just can't handle what's going on in my life. I need a break. Um, oh, this is a good one. And some of these can be really fun. Like we can do, this is from a, from a younger member of our congregation. I just like pizza. <laughs> I just want to be a good person. Can't do it anymore. I'm just concerned. I just lost my job. I just want to know Why? I don't know how to do this. I just got a break. And again, even those positive ones, like somebody who says they just got a break, 
religion doesn't need to hang out on all the negative stuff all the time. It gets a bad rap that way. I just want peace. I just wanted to help. I just feel hopeless. I just did for the least of my brothers. That's beautiful. I just need so oh, that's good. I just need somebody to talk to. I just can't hold on anymore. I just had a good day. I just feel like I am done. I just miss my child. Folks, see those, see those as invitations. Can you folks really listen to me on this one? Church is not an institution. Church is an invitation. Church is not an institution. Church is an invitation. And, and it's, it's this wonderful invitation, and we can choose that. So pay attention to your task this week. Pay attention to those beautiful words you heard. Notice when they show up and find a way in that moment to say this is about a church of mercy. I'm going to choose for today to be the church. I'd ask you now to please join me in prayer. And because we're going to end with that being the church and what does that really look like, uh, we're going to end with a really high energy number so we go out of here really ready to be the church. To start that, I'd ask you to please stand as we say our final prayer. Lord, thank you for being here with us today. And Lord, you know, in our heart, like stir in our heart, the church does not have to be one path or the other. Those binaries, those dualities, Lord, that break us down. But instead, Lord, help us to find that third way, that third way that those Christians knew thousands of years ago and that we're just starting to know. Lord, allow us to know that and allow us to grow there. Allow us to thrive there, Lord, and like spring, like spring, allow what has long looked dead and forlorn to come to life. Green, pink, blue, the colors of spring, the warmth of spring, the promise of spring. A long winter for many, Lord. Warm in our hearts this. A new season. Season of love, care, and compassion, Lord, where we can look in the mirror. And yes, Lord, see those areas where we have fallen short, but Lord, where we can look in the mirror and see those gifts as well. Those gifts that we're to bring into the world. That we're to make use of and employ sacrificially in your name. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here among us. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.